International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. International Podcast Day is dedicated to promoting podcasting worldwide. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. First, head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Second, use hashtag podcast day to join in the conversation. Remember September 30th. Now, let's start the conversation. And welcome to a new episode of Down the Rabbit Hole. This is actually episode number 28. Wow, we already have 28 episodes. And we're a show that talks about sci-fi, science, conspiracy theories, mysteries, and mm. whatnot, yeah. news about science. And like every week, Carl Baldwin, how are you? I'm fine, Rafa. Do you want me to? Yeah, why not? Uh, a bit of weather. Yeah. A weather report. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't do weather forecasting. No, we just report how are the conditions yeah. in Transylvania. Exactly. And in Transylvania this morning, it is beautiful. It is blue sky. Uh-huh. I think it's probably about maybe 23 at the moment, something like that, 24. Uh-huh. Um, and it's set to remain like this for the rest of the week. Yeah. So, as we say, if you live in Transylvania, <laughs> just look out of the window. And, and if, if you, you don't, don't, this isn't interesting. <laughs> Just disregard information. Exactly. It makes no difference. But we like to do it. I'm yeah. English, so I like to talk about the weather. <laughs> so, now I've done it. So yeah. so what's first? Well, first, let's mention the topic of today. Okay. But today we're going to start with a little uh, slightly different the show, hmm. because we're going to have also some news. A little so, yeah. news segment. Yeah, instead of making a full show of news like every now and then... Hmm. Let's just drop the news as they are happening, one yeah. or two per week, three per week, things, depending on what's going that, on. Things that appeal to us, things that yeah. we found. So what so about... The, the podcast itself, today, the, we're going to talk about Rogue Planet, yeah. Alien Life. Yeah. Oh, that's yes, going to be cool. we like that. And we should start first with the news. Okay, let's, let's do the news. And which one do you think should be the first one? Um, let's see. We have actually three that we will talk. Yeah, only... F- very brief. Very brief, yes. One. Let's go first then with the filet. Okay, let's go filet. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so maybe people remember the uh, the Rosetta mission, which was the ESA, European Space Agency, uh-huh. Agency mission to uh, rendezvous with a comet, uh, which was, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it, um, Anyway, which it did, uh, and the idea was to uh, put a lander onto the comet. Uh-huh. And, of course, because obviously it's uh, a comet, it has only microgravity. So when they were designing the lander, they had to figure out how the heck are we going to get this thing to stick on the <laughs> surface. <laughs> and they came up with this uh, kind of... Um, Extension leg extension. They were explosive grapples. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they're in the feet and it was meant to uh-huh. kind of shoot into the ground and then hold itself down. Anyway, uh-huh. that didn't work. Uh-huh. And they actually lost touch with the lander. Uh, but the orbiter has continued and it's tightened its orbit and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, they thought they'd lost the lander. They got some data from it, some images uh, as well. 
but because they didn't know where it had ended up, uh, they couldn't interpret correctly the data. Anyway, the um, the mission is only about a month away from finishing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they've now got the orbiter within something like two and a half kilometers of the surface. Yeah, on a very tight orbit, and they've actually spotted the lander. They now know where it is, and there's a very clear that, picture of it. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Amazing. Right? I mean, uh, how many people, or I don't know if it was just one guy, but I imagine that it was like an army of guys yeah. taking pixels of the yeah. areas, looking trying for to thing, find yeah. it. Yeah. And it's amazing that they were able to find it. And the the picture of it is actually quite remarkable. You know what reminds it? me? It's something like the system was like a, something like a Spider-Man it, stuff, you it know? It does look a bit like that. Through the spider yeah, web and yeah. get attached to the meteorite. And <laughs> Hang on for dear life. In the, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, the 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 the, uh, the images of it are very good, uh, but uh, obviously the fillet lander is as dead as a door it's knocker dead, no, yeah. uh, because it ran out of battery, so it's uh, completely jiggered. But I think it it served its purpose. I think the the science team have got closure. Yeah, right? yeah. They can by finding it. I think they feel now more like they can now say, "Well, we, we can sleep now. We can." <laughs> <laughs> we can lay fillet to rest yes. and we can now interpret the data. So that 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 is our first news item, the the lander. So yes. what what have we got? Well, there was a news storming all around. Yeah. All around related a new signal, a new so called whoa yeah. signal. Like a know? SETI uh Yes, related. Uh, but yeah. this uh signal, alien yeah. signal, radio signal alleged allegedly. Yeah. Uh, was uh, captured by a, a Soviet military satellite, an old one. Yeah. And it was interesting because uh, was report, uh, the source was something called HD 164595, yeah. which is a solar system a few billion years older than our own. Yeah. And it's in the, how it's called, Hercules um Uh, Nebula, cluster, whatever. Yeah, cluster, constellation. Oh, constellation. That is 94 light years away. Yeah. And it was, uh, the signal was picked up by the Rattan 600 uh, radio telescope in, oh my God, what's the name of the? Zelenchuskaya. (laughs) Zelenchuskaya, Russia. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a big thing, clearly. It's a Really clearly is huge. It's a bit like the size of the Arecibo type thing, isn't it? Should be pretty close, yeah. It's that size. I think Arecibo is still the biggest. But I think it is, but that is pretty big. That is, yeah, huge. That, that looks like a few football Like pitches. a football stadium, yeah. <laughs> it does look like that. Anyway, so they detected the signal. They but had, they released it. They announced it. Like six months after or something like that. It's sometime later. Yeah, because they were saying that they were... Um, Checking the signal, then they passed it on to yeah. SETI, the international, the community. international, the search for inter- in, uh, yeah. extraterrestrial intelligence, and it seems went. that the, st- the story has been developed yeah. into the point where uh, seems that is not really from that system. No. They were not able to detect again any nobody kind of signal. It. Nobody can find it. It was like a one-time occurrence, and yeah. this doesn't really mean that come from there. But doesn't mean that it's not an Earth interference as well. But uh, did they not find evidence that it was uh, terrestrial in there origin? Was, or yeah, in, uh, like a couple of days ago, they released that. Uh, actually, they found that it's not so 
out of space as we thought. So it wasn't from the microwave oven in no, the kitchen necessarily. So, something came with interference in the in yeah. the radio telescope and so on. So yeah. which is a problem. Yeah. And it's like I was saying to you before the show started, if they'd have only watched the film Contact, uh-huh. they would have known exactly what to do to eliminate sources of interference. It's all in that film. Right? Yeah. Good film. Yeah. Right? And of course now uh just in case uh SETI will keep still having a, a watch, a look, a, a look. look around still, yeah. just in case reappears the signal. But it, it's not anymore a, yeah, priority a, a priority. And besides this, well, it generated so much no. fuss around. It shows you how ready people are wow. to hear that news, right? I think everybody's just waiting now for the moment where you can say something yes, real happened. There's right? alien life. Yeah. Out of Earth, yeah. we found it. I was I was hoping the signal was going to be something like you know when they decoded it, it would say when we're arriving <laughs> with our with our battle fleet. Yeah, but, or in which movie was that? Suddenly was uh, Hitler and oh, was in the opening was of the Olympics. Contact. It was contact. Contact. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a bit disappointing. Yes. Um, but there are new um, arrays being. Uh-huh. Um, built that are going to yeah. make this kind of thing a bit more accurate, shall we yeah. say? And of course, there are these new planet hunting um, oh, completely. installations or uh, satellites and ground based stuff where obviously finding a signal and then being able to obviously find the origin. And then if we can uh, apply spectroscopy to the light from the planet that it's we think it's coming from mm-hmm. if that's possible it will be possible at some point then we'll be able to correlate kind of atmospheric composition yeah. with industry industrial activity or something like that uh-huh, uh-huh. so maybe before we uh, um are very very old uh, <laughs> that that will be possible i think yeah so but Good, do, good, do you good th- effort from the Russians. Yeah, <laughs> and one more thought. Do you think that maybe if we would be able to build, uh, I don't know, maybe on the moon or as far as possible from human interference, a uh, radio telescope up there mm. would be a best bet to try to detect a clear well, or better A radio chances? telescope, it doesn't matter where it is, does it? I mean, it's yeah. optical that's the problem. Uh-huh. So, I mean, we've got the James Webb uh-huh, uh-huh. Going up in a year or so's time. Um, yeah. Um, that's infrared mostly. I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Who knows? I think we need to be putting something up there that gives a ghost image of Earth. Yeah, but I'm talking about, for example, SETI. Yeah. You take radio signals. Yeah. Put something up there instead of uh, using ground-based. Ground-based. I'm sure they'll do something, won't they? We need. You need I a massive sure, yeah. array, don't you? That's why I'm saying that probably if, let's say, our closest body is the moon, yeah. maybe... Dark side of the moon stuff. Oh, that now, would be even better. As far as we know, there yeah. are already a number of bases there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's the Nazis Nazi there. bases, yeah. I yeah. saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe there are several others. So. <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff going on around the back of yeah. the moon. Anyway, so what else did we have? And the last news was the explosion of um, that uh, rocket oh, Falcon, from SpaceX. Yeah, the Falcon. Falcon 9, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Unmanned, fortunately. Yeah. 
I think it was, uh, how can we say, uh, bad news for them. News but I think them. in the same time, they already accomplished before something never done. The recovery of the boosters. Yes. Yeah. So Awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. I hope that, uh, fortunately, there was no incidents, no problems with there it. There were no casualties, were there? No. This explosion. It was mm. when they were pre-fueling yeah. or something, weren't they? Oh, no, was it when they were fueling or when they were running the rocket test? It was the test. The test where they hold it down. And suddenly, boom, yeah, it exploded, went. yeah. I mean, lessons to be learned there, I think. That's what I was to say. That something positive has to come out of it, which is yeah. why it failed to yeah. fix the problem. Exactly. So that's one. Uh, and that, well, of course, is started to be the news running around about uh, Elon Musk's plans for colonizing Mars. Colonizing the Mars. Uh-huh. I think I was saying to you earlier, I think this is an opportunity for Donald Trump to declare himself <laughs> King of Mars. Yeah. yeah. I think that's... I think mm. That would solve a lot of problems for a yeah. lot of people. Maybe he would want to build a wall between Mars and Earth. Yeah. And why not? <laughs> an, an orbital. An, an orbital wall, And make course. us pay. Uh, no, and make us pay because yeah. he's going to be on the other side, yeah. of course. I think you're onto something there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's the news, right? Well, that's the news. And let's move now to our topic. Yeah. Rogue planet alien life. Alien yeah. life. Um, I think this is a very sci-fi topic. It is very it's, it's, it's related also to recent discoveries of uh, yeah. rogue planets with yeah. habitable atmospheres and things like this. But it also gives a lot of space for imagination, for sci-fi, for... Totally. Uh, think theories, a lot yeah. of theories about... A lot of crazy stuff, uh -huh. obviously, but... So, would you like to start now? Okay, I'll... Define I'll... a bit, again, like always, some few concepts. Before we get going. Yeah. yeah. So, what we want to talk about is effectively origins, life origins, um, the conventional view, and an unconventional view, and then rogue planets, and we're going to uh -huh. mash it all together. Mash, uh -huh. um, but so we'll start with the conventional view. This is just setting the uh, setting out our table, shall we say, setting uh -huh. out our wares. So the conventional view of where did life start, obviously, on this planet, and basically the, the current accepted scientific uh, belief is that uh, life began its long journey to our latte slurping social uh -huh. media obsessed selves <laughs> ab about around four billion years ago and that is actually not long after the earth was formed and mm -hmm. cooled which is about four and a half billion years ago that is i just want to point this out that's not seven thousand years ago that's mm -hmm. four and a half billion years yeah ago, just for you know clarity there anyway obviously the exact origins of uh of life on earth are not known and, and may never be known, but um, what is thought certain is is that it began in water, mm -hmm. uh, because in water you can carry out the complex chemical processes. This is one mm -hmm. of the things water is fantastic for. Anyway, yes, so either in a shallow pool uh -huh. or possibly around a deep sea volcanic vent mm -hmm. um, because in water is where the complex chemistry that has to occur can most easily occur and the energy to drive those chemical processes are either driven by sunlight if it's mm -hmm. on the surface or thermal energy volcanic heat 
if it's in an event. So that's kind of the conventional view. Uh, the alternate view is that, um, just to give you a bit of background, is that since since the 19th century, evidence from various research um, on life origins has kind of accumulated. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you take all that together, it could be interpreted as suggesting that, in fact, life could have evolved uh, in a different way, that it could have started in inter- interstellar space uh-huh. or indeed on a rogue planet, right? Now, if um, certainly the um, precursors for life began in space, then the energy source would actually be to drive the complex chemistry would actually come from a different uh, source. It would probably be some form of radiation, like ultraviolet radiation, yeah. something like that. But if it was on a rogue planet, it would potentially come from a primordial core heat, which is, you know, from the planet formation, mm-hmm. or volcanic or radiation heating. So, And then just to cover what is a rogue planet, uh, a rogue planet is effectively a planetary mass object. So it's something that is classed as a planet because of its size. But instead of orbiting a star, it is actually orbiting the galaxy, the galaxy. on its own. And that um, such objects um, either formed around a star or may not have done, but uh-huh. normally they would have formed around a star and then somehow... Um, from being gravitationally bound to a star, they actually got ejected from the system and they're actually wandering in the dark, shall we say. Mm -hmm. But the key thing is that it has been estimated that a a rogue planet ejected from a system uh, could actually um, have life-sustaining conditions for up to 10 billion years. Wow. Now, that's a long yeah. time, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, we've only been on here for less than five. Less than five, 4.5 yeah. so, approximately. So the, the, the thing that kind of fuels your imagination is imagine life evolving on a rogue planet where it's always dark. It's always mm-hmm. nighttime, right? Because there's no star. Well, Weird. yeah. Right? Anyway, this that, is that, what That's we're how supposedly at. you have all these kind of possibilities of life evolving according to the environment. Exactly. So the rogue planet has no sunlight, but it has heat. And and that theoretically can power the complex chemistry to create life. And that life would be adapted to the conditions it's on. So how far might that go? Yeah. Who knows, right? So this is what we're going to talk about. Uh, But of course, oh, and one last thing, this concept of Panspermia. Panspermia, which is a concept that was made more popular by a British scientist called Fred Hoyle. I think it was in the 70s. Uh-huh. Um, panspermia is from the Greek meaning uh, all seed. It's two words, pan and sperma. Um, uh-huh. And the idea there is that uh, life uh, pervades the whole universe. Uh-huh. And it forms on meteoroids, asteroids, comets, whatever. And because they um, obviously impact with planets in the formation they period, carry... they carry the seeds of life mm-hmm. with them. And that's so the compl- the early progenitor chemistry is done on these 
space bodies, meteoroids, comets, or whatever, and then they are seeded onto planets. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, is kind of part of the reason why when we send up space probes to say Mars or whatever, that we sterilize them before they go. All space probes Don't, are sterilized, yeah. right? Because of this actual thing. Not not that it might create new life, but it might be super toxic to any yeah. life that was there. And right? interfere. Is and the it, yeah. Star Trek uh, yeah, you know. thing, you know? How many times has this been yeah. covered, right? <laughs> so um so there you go. So because of course this is the first show, we're going to explore all kind of uh, esoteric stuff, yeah. right? Well, you know, that's why uh, this thing of the panspermia, it's mm. one of the theories of life on Earth. Yeah. That we actually were seeded from Mars Possibly or somewhere else. From uh, what used to be uh, the, the asteroid belt, what is now the asteroid belt yeah. that used to be a planet yeah. and a crash happened and some of those came uh, yeah. here yeah. to Earth. We're carrying, all Martians, right? Carrying, uh, yeah, organism we- or just the exact components for yeah. making the soup. Yeah, the primordial soup. <laughs> yeah. Which is delicious, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be a good one for a restaurant to have primordial soup. Yeah, primordial soup with some yeah. grated cheese on the top or something. <laughs> Croutons, I think, would be nice. So, yeah, so what about this... Um, if we look uh, at conspiracies, right? If we are going to conspiracies, well, we have obviously... Obviously, we must... The Nibiru yeah. Uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, actually, Nibiru is... Uh, the conspiracy or the theory or about Nibiru, it's, or it's also called the Planet X. Yeah. Uh, they say that it's a planet with a very uh, extended or- orbit, orbit. Mm. that it comes just... Uh, I know, every thousands of years it, around Earth. It varies depending on yes. where you read. Some people uh, have been calling it like it's going to crash with Earth. In first 2003 of, was the first uh, prediction. Yes, prediction. Obviously, clearly if, we're still here. There's some contradictory thing here because mm. they say, okay, Nibiru comes every thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So if life on Earth has 4.5 billion years and... Supposedly, Nibiru comes every thousands of years around. Yeah. Uh, if it crashes with Earth, then it, it, you know doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't add up. No, it doesn't add up. But let's say that, like, there's another part of the theory saying that Nibiru comes near Earth mm. in orbit, disturbs and disturbs Earth. And mm. here's where comes the strange part. Of the mm. uh, how they call it in the this show. You know, uh, of uh, ancient aliens, Uh, uh, ancient uh, conspiracy theories, uh, Uh something like alien or something like that, conspiracy theories. The thing is, they relate that the people, the inhabitants of Nibiru, Mm -hmm. because it's an inhabited planet, Mm -hmm. more advanced than us. Of course. And they relate their uh, inhabitants with the uh, Anunnaki. Oh, like Atlanteans or something like yes. that. Yes, so the Anunnaki mm. populated and you know yeah. Earth. They were using us as slaves to get stuff for Nibiru for mm. while. Let's say it's like stuck up while it's around the right. neighborhood, right? And then left as the passing by. Yeah, we're kind of passing by. Let's pillage oh, look, Earth, a planet. Let's make life there. Let's pillage it. Yeah. 
Let's take what we need. Yeah. So it's uh it's a lot related to to this as well. Yeah. Uh, there's but, but this this uh-huh. Niburu thing uh-huh. is actually not that old an idea, is it? No, it just came surprisingly. Re- like you said in the mid nineties, right? no, around yeah, the end of oh. the nineties or that. Yeah. Well, 1995, yeah. Well, apparently it was put forward first by this founder of a website called Zeta Talk, called <laughs> Nancy Leader. And okay. she first, yeah. well, she had her own thing going on, which was that uh, Nancy Leader uh, described herself as a contactee, uh, and she had the ability to receive messages from extraterrestrials. What a surprise uh-huh. there, right? Of course. Uh, from the Zeta Reticuli. Reticuli. Uh-huh. That's a new one on me, actually. No, uh, actually, that's very famous because oh. when you talk about Zeta Reticuli, you're talking about uh, reptilians. They're reptilians. Again, yeah. They appear everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen those videos. Right? Yeah. Um, anyway, she has an implant in her brain, mm-hmm. which is um, interesting. Um, and that she... Uh, she was chosen to warn mankind that this object, uh, Nibiru, uh-huh. would sweep through the inner solar system in May 2003. Uh, uh-huh. Though apparently that date has now been revised for some reason. Uh-huh. Uh, and apparently, I think the latest prediction is January 2017, which okay. conveniently is in the future mm-hmm. but not very much in the future the thing is uh there have been even pictures or supposedly pictures saying that it's there but it's invisible <laughs> yeah. and in certain uh, moments uh, during the sun rising you could see it oh yes i've read that and i have seen they have been posting pictures with you can see the sun rising yeah. up yeah. and then uh like a second object around <sighs> many of those pictures have been Proof that are photoshopped. Perfectly. Some uh, far or images, optical illusions, or... yeah, or like with the eclipses and this kind of thing that you yeah. can see that it's just Venus conveniently yeah, yeah. around, in you know, showing area. up in the picture. Like, <laughs> hello, hello, here I am. <laughs> so, and of course, there's this recent uh, flurry of activity about this um, this uh, planetoid or planetary uh-huh. body that they think is. On a very extended orbit. Yes, Planet of Nine. Planet Nine. Planet Nine. But actually, that's a di- different story because mm. uh, it's not that the discovery of the Planet Nine has nothing to do with Nibiru, actually. Oh, has to do, has to be done with the discovery of the gravitational waves. Well, remember? It, well, it was to do with the, what what somebody observed was that the the movement of some planetoids in the asteroid belt. I think uh-huh. it was could only be really accounted for by the presence of a a perturbing a object, uh-huh. and that's what led has led them to speculate that it's out there somewhere, but they haven't found it yet. No, but there's a uh-huh. lot of people looking for it now. Of course, big telescopes. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, going on with this Nibiru thing, of course, uh-huh. if you're going to have a conspiracy theory at this time, it is always a bonus if NASA's involved. Oh yes, and it just so <laughs> happens, people. That NASA are yeah, in yeah. this up to their up to their spacesuit elbows. They are apparently so. Uh huh. Well, actually, it's funny this thing because it says uh, in the article, "What is Planet X?" 
also known as Planet 7X. 7X. I don't know where the 7 came from, but, you know, uh, the funny part is that every time NASA talks about maybe anything, anything they interpret, some people interpret exactly. it as, oh, NASA said that yeah. there's actually... Whereas uh, I'm sure they haven't said anything of the sort. Right? Yeah. So now NASA, the Pentagon, and the uh, CIA are aware of the approaching rogue planet. Yeah. Well, that story is something... NASA said something, but it's not exactly that. Correct. <laughs> was not exactly about that. It was about describing the rogue planets yeah. themselves. Yeah. And actually, this article that we're just uh, using as, as uh-huh. a source for this this segment here uh, has the most hilarious uh, phrase, and I actually made a note of it in the show notes. Uh-huh. They they say that uh, this uh-huh. this phrase <laughs> plasmatic energy particles. Right. I just. I just made me laugh out loud when I read it. And, and what they're saying in that article was that, uh, and I'm calling it article loosely, um, was that um, we're already feeling the effects of the approaching Nibiru catastrophe uh, uh-huh. because ahead of it entering into the solar system, we are apparently um, being uh, bombarded by plasmatic energy particles. And I thought, plasmatic. I thought, is that a made-up word? I actually looked it up. Uh Plasmatic is actually to do with blood. Of course. Right? Plasma. Plasma, Right? That's where it comes from. Uh Now, I've got got a feeling that they're trying to use it like plasma, as in an energy state of Uh something, right? Uh Uh-huh. But the complete misuse of the word because it doesn't mean that. Doesn't apply here, it doesn't, right? It's just a complete misuse of a word. <laughs> but, it, but it sounds vaguely, you know, obviously energy is reasonable, particles reasonable, uh-huh. plasmatic, I don't think so. So, an interesting. So, and they are saying that now the date is actually, like you said, this NASA thing. Uh, no, according to four major biblical prophets. Exactly. Without naming them, of course. Oh, there's, oh, how can you name your source? Well, <laughs> but the thing is, you can fake stuff in the Bible, right? Of course. But they said that the date now, it's 1st of January, yeah. 2017. And I like the way it says, according to four major biblical prophets, something truly terrifying, terrifying. is coming our way. And it will hit the oh, homeland. homeland before the 1st of January. So, of course, yes, there is a catastrophe, but of course, it's going to hit America first, right? <laughs> because obviously, that's where it's going to go. Right? Yeah. So, plasma. it's funny because I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't stand without making the search. And I search plasmatic energy. There's no such thing, right? Doesn't exist. Yeah. There's, if, you, <laughs> if you just look up the word plasmatic. Google it, says, uh, do you, did you mean plastic? Yeah. I'm surprised Google didn't say are you an idiot? <laughs> I would pay for that function. Yeah, if you just look up plasmatic, you'll see. you'll see it says blood. Yeah. The liquid part of blood. The yellowish fluid portion of blood. Yeah. Lymph, intramuscular fluid, with and cells are suspended. what we should mention is it's also the name of a band from the 80s. Uh-huh. I believe. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. This one is cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
a mythical <laughs> hobbit-like creature. A mythical <laughs> hobbit-like creature with a very small penis. I'm ne- <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Have you? No. I decided. I decided not to mention it because of uh, that it just guy. seems so bizarre. The guy on. on- Oh, Char- chat roulette! You know that's chat that. That's that video, random video connections. Uh-huh. Uh huh. His pin looked like just like plasmatic. I've never heard of that use of that word <laughs> as a as a character from synonym or a hobbit like soca- sacantilope. 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 What the hell's that? <laughs> just look at quick. Just quickly. What does that mean? Yeah, let's search because... Let's just quickly, because we're, we're... I know we're getting carried away, but we just got to see it. <laughs> okay, Urban Dictionary. The Turkish, Ukrainian, Vietnamese... No. Oh, right. There aren't any there definitions. Are no definitions. Now, they? this is interesting. So, they suggest that this is... Uh... There aren't any definitions for it. No. Sin. So, we got a synonym that offering doesn't exist, that doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. Well, anyways, Urban Dictionary. I so think what that says it all, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just the, pl- oh, the, the thing of the, right? of the show. A mythical hobbit-like, hobbit-like creature <laughs> with a very small penis. <laughs> that is fantastic, isn't it? Now, now we have to be using this word in the outside world somewhere. I think we like, should popularize yeah. it. Yeah, that's hey, totally plasmatic. You, you seem to be plasmatic. <laughs> <laughs> Are you suffering from plasmosis? <laughs> Maybe that's actually a term <laughs> related to blood. <laughs> that could be a term. Anyway, should we move on? Let's think? move on, please. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, some movies. Movies. Yeah. Ah, there's a lot of movies. There are, there are a lot of movies, but I specifically was looking uh-huh. for movies to do with, like, origins. Origins of life, yeah. Yeah. And this first one, Europa I Report. want to see yeah. this film. Apparently, I saw it. Oh, you've seen it? I have seen it, Was yes. it good? It's very good. I liked it, yeah. I, why haven't I seen it? I don't know, but it, I saw it, yeah. Well, okay, you can describe it then. Well, uh, the story goes about uh, Europa, you know, the moon, mm-hmm. and they send uh, a mission. a mission because a probe suggested that uh, there's a hidden ocean Right. And that single uh, cell life or life actually existed on so this the probe detected moon. this, mm-hmm. yeah, right. under in the water. Right, right. So they sent a mission to try to drill right uh, a hole, get into the ocean, and it was apparently an extract privately funded mission. Yes, correct. Right. And the thing is that, of course. What happened? I don't know. Probably we should not give spoilers. Don't give too much away because I haven't but seen it. But they do discover stuff. Stuff. Yeah. And I believe it doesn't end well. Is that uh, correct? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Does but it's actually good. Good movie. That way it's made with a lot of like diary entries, diary entries in the... I read it was really quite realistic. Yes. Uh, kind of semi-documentary style Exactly. It's like thing. documentary style. Yeah. yeah, and and it's not that long actually. Uh, the movie is like well, one hour and twenty minutes or right. something like that. And where was it made? Is it a Hollywood movie or a European? Uh, it looks European to me. It, it was not a Hollywood. At least it, I don't think it was really. All that the all the actors are public or something. European, yeah, are European, yes. And actually, I think it was directed by that guy, no, Sebastian Cordero, which mm. sounds like Spanish. It sounds Spanish, doesn't he? Yeah. And just tell me one thing: Does anybody 
comeback? Uh, no. Okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Pretend you never heard that. Anyway, I'd, I'd like to see that movie. I haven't seen it. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's not on Amazon Prime. So no, no, but I, in fact, I think I saw it in Netflix. I'm not on Netflix. Oh, well, maybe we can sit here once if you want. And watch it. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. Right. Couple of beers. Yeah, yeah. Pizza. Beers, pizza. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea, that right? Sounds like a, uh-huh. That sounds like a man cave type activity, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay, the next, next one. Shall I do this yeah. one? Uh, I think a fantastic movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, I th- presume you've seen it. I've seen it, yes. Uh, directed by a British uh, actor, a British director I've great deal of respect for, Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out in 2012. You may have guessed it's Prometheus. Um, part of the alien part. It's a alien prequel. Right? Yeah, that's essentially what it is. Um, and it's basically uh, clues are found on Earth about mankind's origins, um, and two scientists again on a private mission uh-huh. funded by a mysterious, presumably trillionaire. Um, go off to uh, follow the clues that they have been given, which directs them to a particular uh, planetary system. Um, And it's basically about what happens next. And as you can imagine, um, it doesn't turn out well. (laughs) But a very good movie, I thought. I thought it was excellent. Uh Um, What did you think of it? I liked it. It was Mm. interesting. Um, I don't know. I think it's like mm. prequel to Alien. Yeah, so, yeah. but yeah, I, I think it's interesting the way it was actually managed. Yeah, I mean, it was beautifully. The cinematography the, was fantastic. It's what I was about to say. The the how, how they call it the photography. Yeah, the quality, the cinematography. The quality, yeah, cinematography. It was very good. Stunning. Really. Yeah, stunning. Yeah. So, and the next movie. The next one... Under the Skin. I uh, haven't seen this one. Now, as I said in the notes here, really, I put this in here because this film's properly weird, right? Honestly, Uh if you get a chance to see this film, anybody Uh see it. Under the Skin, 2013. uh, Jonathan Glazer is the director, and it stars uh, Scarlett Johansson, but not how you've ever seen her before. And it's basically... She is an alien, and she's disguised as a human female, and she basically drives around Glasgow, which is a city in Scotland, England, uh-huh. or Britain, um, and she tries to lure men into the van, and it's what happens when she gets them into the van. I'm telling you, this film is strange. Yeah, it is. Strange. Sounds already strange. It is strange, but it again, it's. I think the fans of uh, Scott Johansson will. Yeah, and Black who Widow, isn't a fan? Yeah, for right? sure. Of course. Um, it is a interesting film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really related to the subject we're talking about, but I just thought I'd take the opportunity to get it in there. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you can get that film on your TV and watch it, it is strange. And of course, books. Books. We usually talk about books in this uh, section. We, we do. And we start with the Giants uh, series. Yeah, there's only three of them. Uh, five. 
Stand corrected, five, you're right. Yeah, James P. Hogan. The British guy. And the first novel was actually in seven, 1977, yeah. Inherit the Stars. And go on. Uh, well, I haven't read the book. I can tell you okay, a little bit about it. Okay, then if you can read it, yeah. Uh, the interesting thing about this series of books was that this guy, Hogan, he actually wrote the book having watched the uh, Stanley Kubrick film 2001 A Space, Space Odyssey, Odyssey. Uh-huh. which was, of course, based on a Arthur, Arthur C. C. Clarke novel, right? And what he didn't like was the ending, this Hogan uh-huh. guy. I didn't like the ending. So <laughs> he was actually challenged by his colleagues at work to write a similar kind of story, but with, a, with the ending he thought was better. Uh-huh. And, and that was actually the beginning of this science fiction series. Okay. And the first one was published in 1997 called Inherit the Stars. And this guy, Hogan, later got the opportunity <laughs> to actually ask in person Arthur C. Clarke, the author of 2001 A Space Odyssey, about the meaning of the ending of the book. As we know, it's very psychedelic and uh-huh, very... Uh-huh. Uh, uh, transformative, very strange. Anyway, he got the opportunity to ask him personally about the end of the film, and apparently uh, Arthur C. Clarke replied that while the ending of Hogan's Inherit the Stars made more sense, the ending of <laughs> 2001 made more money. <laughs> <laughs> he cannot challenge that. It's <laughs> just, you know. That is an unassailable comment. Right? Yeah. You've just got to let that one go. And <laughs> and apparently the reason why we've included this book is that um, the series is notable for its creation of a kind of a substantial prehistory uh-huh. for the solar system and the human race. So it's like, it's like an origins kind uh-huh. of story, um, which I thought qualified it for. Uh-huh. And the next book, if you don't mind, I've actually read the next book. Dark Eden. In fact, I only read it about six months ago. Okay, very um, very recent. Very recent, and the reason why I included it is that Dark Eden is actually set on a rogue planet. Nice. Uh-huh. And it's a British author called uh, Chris Beckett, and it was published in 2012. And basically, there is a planet with 532 people on it, on the entire planet. Uh-huh. It is a rogue planet, and they call it Eden. Uh-huh. And they have actually grown, they have been on the planet for uh, a couple of few hundred years, and they have a kind of uh, uh, a myth about where they came from. And they have a myth that um, that they came from somewhere, uh, a world where light came from the sky. And they're actually humans, right? And they're actually the descendants of a mission, but they mm-hmm. don't know that at the beginning of the book. And it's basically kind of an, a coming-of-age story. So um, somebody in this group that is obviously developed um, and has managed to survive on this sunless planet, um, which is driven by v- uh, volcanism, um, uh-huh. managed to survive and uh, reproduce... And um, that's how, um, that's the basis of that story. Yeah. Okay. So we're finishing now Mm -hmm. with... um, A question. 
with a quest uh, with the books now and yeah. now we start with a question mm. for our listeners mm-hmm. how do you imagine life would be like in a rogue planet yeah. and how is your rogue planet first of all because like you were saying mm-hmm. uh without a star there's no day there's no, no day daylight light. What do you think uh, mm. would be? How would it be like? Yeah. In and a rogue bear planet? in mind that a rogue planet can have an atmosphere. Yeah. A perfectly reasonable atmosphere, but, yes. but no sunlight. Mm-hmm. And uh, one more thing mm. uh, don't forget to share your comments. Yeah. Write us uh, emails, uh, write us uh, uh, Facebook messages. Yeah. Just get in touch with us. Let us know what do you think. Mm. And we'll see you in the next uh, show next week. Yeah, for the second part, second of, part of the show of Rogue Planet uh-huh. Alien Life. Yes, yes, and for some science, of course. Thank you, Carl. See you next week. Yeah, thank you, Rafa. And this is my name is Rafael Ruiz. We we'll talk to you next week down the rabbit hole. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Darkmind Radio 2016.